0: And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts. We're going to look at one verse today. We may do some flipping back and forth. um, But this morning, Terry and I, as we have answered this call to be your pastors, we don't take it lightly and we didn't fall into it by accident. We've heard the active voice of the Lord calling us to be a part of River City, calling us to be a part of this body. And so we want you to know that we take it so very seriously. And so today we want to share with you the vision that we believe that Jesus has for River City. And not some pie-in-the-sky vision, but his word type of vision. And so this morning as we get started, I'm going to read from Acts 20, verse 27. Acts 20, verse 27. This morning I'm reading out of the um, New American Standard Bible. In Acts 20 and 27, this verse says, For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. If you have an NLT Bible, it says, For I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants you to know. If you have an NIV, it says the whole will of God. If you have a King James or a New King James, it says, For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Why did I read all of those to you this morning? Because no matter what your Bible says, we at this church desire to seek the whole counsel of the living God. We believe every word in this book. We believe it's divinely inspired, written, protected, and watched over by the living God as his living word. Anybody who comes and stands in this pulpit must have that heart and that vision that we believe the whole will, the whole purpose, and the whole counsel of the living God. He shares his heart with us in his word. And so at River City Hope, we want to know his heart for us. We have determined to be a people that live in his presence. We have determined that we will be a people open to his leading no matter if it makes us uncomfortable. We have been a people determined that that wasn't who we were in the past, but it's who we are today And who we will endeavor to be in the future. And that is the vision of the Lord for this church. And we don't want to change that. We want to incorporate all God's heart into what we do in daily living as a people. We don't want to differentiate vocational ministry from everybody else. What we believe is good for us should be good for all of us. Amen? When we look at the ministry of God, a lot of people feel like they're drawn to a certain lane. Have you heard that? Well, that's not my lane. Come on. How many of you have heard somebody say that? It's usually something that they just don't love to do. Like, oh, yeah, that's not really my lane. That's not really my calling. But if it's something we really like to do, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's my lane, right? What if I told you that we're all called to do it all? We are. We are all called to do the whole will, the whole counsel, the whole purpose of the living God. And so this morning, I want to break down some lanes. And when I want to tell you what the Bible says, and I want to tell you how it looks like Jesus wants us to walk this out. First of all, I'm going to start with something I'm very passionate about. I'm very passionate about prayer and intercession. I have never kept that a secret. It has changed my life. It has changed the life of my family. And I believe that prayer and intercession is not just for a few. Intercessors are everybody. We are all called to intercede. We are all called to pray. But not just that. It's not optional. It's foundational. You see, we can't have a relationship with the living God if we don't talk to him. We can't have a relationship with God if we don't let him talk to us and listen. We can't have a relationship with each other without conversation and communication, right? I don't know you and you don't know me if we don't share information back and forth, right? If I went home and I decided that today I am not going to speak to my husband until next Sunday, I'm not going to talk to him. If he talks to me, I'm not going to listen to him. It's going to be a very quiet house. We're going to live this way from Sunday to Sunday. Do you think he would wonder if I loved him? Do you think if he did that to me, I would wonder if he loved me? How can we have a marriage relationship without communication? But yet... Sunday after Sunday, some folks come before the Lord in his house and they pray and they worship and they leave never to talk to him again until they return the next Sunday. But that's not what he's calling us to. He's calling us to personal relationship, intimate relationship. And a marriage is an example of that kind of covenant relationship that the living God wants with you. The creator of the universe wants personal relationship with you. That's a big deal. Presidents and kings all down through the ages are unreachable. They're untouchable. We can't know them and they can't know us. Yet greater than that is the living God that created this world, this universe, and you. And he says... I want you to know me. I want to share my secrets with you. And I want you to freely allow me to know you. That's a big deal. Yet we say, yes, we will accept this relationship. But I just don't feel like praying. That, it doesn't work that way. We can't have relationship without prayer. Because relationship without prayer means we just say it, but we don't talk about it. We don't know. We don't listen. And so in this church, in this hour, prayer and intercession must be our foundation in our personal lives and in our corporate life. And it doesn't necessarily mean that people have to have a prayer room, although I'm really glad we do. It doesn't mean that we have to set aside hours and hours of prayer, although I'm really glad we do. It does mean that this church will not be a den of thieves, but we will be a house of prayer. There are many verses that I could refer to when we're discussing prayer as the foundation of our relationship, both personally and corporately, with the Lord. I'll refer you to 1 Peter 3.12 if you'd like one to look up. Otherwise, let's move on to the next lane. We will be a people of prayer and intercession. Secondly, we will be and we are called to be a people of evangelism and outreach. I put them together. I'm not sure why. I feel like the Holy Spirit put them together for this purpose. We don't give and do outreach for the sake of giving and doing outreach. We do it for the sake of evangelism and because we're called to. There is a need and the church is called to meet the need. Far too long we've allowed the government to meet the needs of our community. We are placed in this shopping center not by happenstance or coincidence. We are here because it was the vision of God. We are still here because it's the vision of God. And so he means for us to affect this community. I'm going to ask you, church, a question I've asked you before, and I'll probably ask you again. And it's a question I ask churches when we've traveled for 10 years. If this church closed tomorrow, would our neighborhood and community even know it? If your church closed tomorrow, would your community miss you? And if the answer is no, then we have some work we need to do. And so we set about to praying for this community. We set about to walking our feet on the streets and the sidewalks of the mile radius surrounding this building. Because we believe the Lord has entrusted this community to his church, and we are that. We believe in partnering with other churches, no matter the denomination, to win this community to Christ. And not in a small way, but in such amazing ways that it leaks out and takes the whole city. That's a beautiful vision. It isn't mine. I cannot take credit for it. It's his. Evangelism is sharing the good news of the gospel. The reason I partnered evangelism with outreach is because of this. No one will hear our message of the gospel if they're hungry. No one will hear our message of the gospel if they're cold. We have been called to outreach to meet the basic needs of the community around us that they would open their heart to receive the good news of the gospel that we have to share. We are called in Matthew 20. Five verses thirty-one and following to be that which feeds the hungry, clothes the cold, visits the prisoned and infirmed. It is a call of Jesus on His bride. It's not just a good idea. If there are people outside of our door hungry, it is our it is our business. It is our business. And so that's what we will be. We will be a people that embrace evangelism and outreach. We pray that the community receives what we give, and we do not attach strings. We do not make anybody prove their income. We do not say you have to come to church. We don't do that what we do is trust the Lord to open their heart that sometime when they have a need, they'll end up here that they can hear the gospel. More than once, more than twice, but every single month that we have given away groceries since April 5th of 2020, we have prayed with people as they've received groceries because guess what? They thought they needed food and found they needed something more. I want you to know what we are doing outside of these walls because you are called to be a part of that and you have been doing it beautifully. This is no scolding. This is just a reaffirmation of what the Lord is calling us as a people to do. Discipleship. This is difficult. We as pastors, preachers, evangelists, and Nazarenes talk about discipleship all the time and engage in it far less. It's a concern of my heart when we have a denomination that we are a part of that says making Christ-like disciples as our motto, yet most of us never do it. And so I want discipleship to be something that we embrace in this church. And you say, oh, you probably have a program. No, I don't. I believe discipleship is doing life together for the purposes of accountability, transparency, and growing together as a people. I believe that I need accountability in my life. And I believe that you need accountability in your life. And none of us... Are past that okay and i think the way that we enter into this is by living life together in such a way that we are accountable openly to one another there are sensitive matters that we don't have to share with everybody and we shouldn't but we can't hide parts of ourselves away and expect the lord to bless us discipleship allows us to grow together in his word in listening to his spirit And can simply be as easy as gathering together on a Zoom call at 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning, which we've been doing for over a year, some of us ladies, and asking each other this question. How has the Lord moved in your life this week? Or what is the Lord saying to you this week? Our men did it on Friday evenings when during the pandemic they would meet and they would ask one another, what has the Lord been doing in your life this week? If we as a people begin to ask each other that question and hold one another accountable, we're going to look for ways during the week that God is moving so we got something to say when we're asked. Amen? That's discipleship. It's pretty simple. When we disciple with someone, we should both grow past that discipling relationship that we have to break apart and go disciple other peoples, thereby multiplying disciples thereby multiplying disciple-makers. And did you know you don't have to wait till somebody's saved to disciple them? Did you know that you can find someone who needs friendship and become their friend and allow that relationship where you meet for coffee or you meet for Coke to become something that looks like discipleship? And as that grows, you're going to have somebody who doesn't know the Lord ask to know the Lord. Because they receive the Lord reflected in your life. That's the point of discipleship. Sometimes it's uncomfortable, but it's necessary. We at this church will be a people of discipleship. I don't want anybody ever walking out their relationship with the Lord alone. And the only time that they come and have camaraderie or fellowship is in this place. During the week, I want us to be there for each other. We are a family. We are a group of friends we are people who love each other enough to mourn together and to be victorious together and that's discipleship and if someone on our live stream wants to reach out we don't care what state or country they live in we'll disciple with them amen it's everybody's lane matthew 28:19 was jesus commanding us to go into all the world And make disciples. The next lane I want to talk about makes some of us uncomfortable. I want to work through this uncomfortability week after week, month after month as the spirit leads, that it's no longer uncomfortable for us to talk about. And that is the nature, the ministry of supernatural works and healing. We are really good in our denomination at talking about holiness and purity. It's critical, it's important, and I love it. Michael used to say to me, Melissa, I promise you cannot preach a sermon without talking about holiness. And he's right, because I love it. But there's another side of the spirit that we often don't talk about because it makes us uncomfortable and that's the moving power of the Holy Spirit which is just as much a part of the nature of the Holy Spirit as the holiness is. And we believe in this church that God moves supernaturally. We believe that he heals bodies. We believe that he heals minds and sets people free. We believe that he restores relationships. We believe that miracles happen when he moves. We don't just sing it, we believe it. I want us to be a people that have no problem stopping in the middle of a service that we have already decreed and declared belongs to the Holy Spirit's leading and following his leading, laying on of hands because a brother has such a bad back pain that he can't even receive the word and enjoy the service. If we have to stop and do that two or three times, we're going to do it. If somebody has a need, their heart is broken, and they need freedom, and we have to reroute our plans to bring it, we will do it. If I don't eat lunch until supper time because somebody needs freedom, I, I will not eat lunch. And I want you to be the people that say and do the same thing. God's power doesn't just release restoration, healing, and freedom. It calls people who are skeptical that there is a God to the fact that there surely is. I have seen people who are hardened against words and hardened against the spirits wooing in their heart. But when they see a miracle in front of their face, they fall soft and all the walls drop and they allow the Lord into their life. Healing does so much more than heals a body. We will be a people, according to Matthew 10 and 8, that believe and walk in supernatural works and healing in this place as the Lord and the Spirit leads it. Amen deliverance and healing, freedom of our mind, freedom from lies of the enemy. The ability to take control from the enemy of thoughts that plague us is our right, and it is a gift given to us by the living God, and we do not walk it out well in the bride, and we need to because we're afraid to use words like cast out. Or we're afraid to use words like deliverance. But in this house, we will walk in deliverance ministry. We will not scare people, yell at them, knock them over. We will allow the Holy Spirit to speak through us life that brings freedom. According to Matthew 10 and 8. We're called to do these things. I don't want us to shrink back from a part of the gospel because we're uncomfortable with it. Because remember, our foundational verse is, For I didn't, for I will not, for I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole purpose of the gospel. And I can stand here and declare to you anything. But if I don't live it, and it hasn't been made manifest in my life, I'm a hypocrite. And you didn't ask a hypocrite to pastor your church. So I want you to know what you're getting. I want to walk it out to the best of my ability according to the leading of the Holy Spirit and then I'm going to proclaim it and I'm going to declare it and we're going to walk it out together. The kingdom prophetic. This is a big one. It makes us a little nervous because sometimes we've heard prophecy given and it, wasn't, it, it didn't feel right to us. Because sometimes people proclaim, this is the word of the Lord, I'm the prophet of the hour, and this is his word, and it wasn't. It sounded wrong. It felt wrong. Our spirits were in agony over it. We didn't receive it in a good heart. And so we got nervous, and we started to kind of shrink back. But the word tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 20 not to despise the prophetic utterances. And so we need to be a people that learn by the grace of God and the leading of his spirit Spirit, how to be sensitive to what the Lord is saying and proclaim it when he says because he says in his last days he will pour out his spirit on sons and daughters to prophesy prophecy is part of a kingdom church we are a kingdom church we will not be afraid or despise kingdom prophecy but we will test it we will check it we will talk about it. We will receive it when we know it's good and of the Lord. Amen? The Word of God calls us to be burdened for our community and also our city. God cares about whole regions of people. He specifically calls his bride to be that which prays and stands in the gap. We at River City Hope want Linview and this mile radius to be one to the Lord to work toward the prize of the whole city. We believe God is big enough to save Louisville. We believe God is big enough to heal and transform the land like he says he will do when we humble ourselves and repent. I believe that God has called River City Hope to be active in winning this city for Christ. We will be a church that works toward and carries a burden for this region, especially Louisville. Amen? Amen. Jeremiah 29 and 7 tells the children of Israel while in exile to pray for the welfare of the country in which they're in exile in. If God cared that his people were toted off into exile and he called them to stand in the gap and pray for that place, you can bet he wants us to pray for Louisville. He may ask us to pray for things that we're unaccustomed to praying for. He may ask us to stand in the gap for things that happen in this city that shouldn't be happening. And we will not be a people that shrink back because Jesus' heart is for Louisville, Kentucky. I give you these seven lanes in which this church will walk in because these are the lanes in which Jesus himself walked in. And Jesus Christ is our example. I want each and every one of us to be a people that say, follow me as I follow Christ. Model me as I example Jesus. If we begin to leave out parts and pieces of who Jesus is and how he walked, then we're not exampling him the way he's called us to. And therefore, we are shrinking back from declaring and living the whole counsel and the whole purpose of God. We won't be those people. His bride is called to look like him. His church is called to act like him. Some of it makes us uncomfortable because, let's be honest, we haven't seen it modeled out for us, have we? Now, we have, in this church, had the opportunity to see a lot of things that other people haven't seen because we're blessed. We're blessed. But... Whether we've seen it modeled out well or not, it does not exclude that scripture from us being obedient to it. If we don't know what's going on, let's search the spirit together and the word together and figure it out. God is not tricky or elusive. He wants his heart to be made known. He really does. And so we are going to be a people that do this together, together We're a body of people. We need each other. Every one of us have a space. Every one of our anointing and gifting, there's room for it. There's a calling on all of our lives, and it looks different from each other. And we need every single person. Terry and I commit this to you. Together. In fact, it was his heart and his idea that I share with you today, the vision. And so I stand here in unity with my husband and I say that Terry Wright and I commit to you that we will endeavor to hear and obey God's voice. Since we have been on the road for 10 years and we have stopped, I want you to know that through the years we've been invited to pastor several churches and the Lord, we've prayed through that and the Lord has not said yes. This is the first church Terry and I have heard the Lord so clearly say to dig in and do the work of the whole will, the whole counsel and the whole purpose of God. And when people talk to us, they say, what are you guys doing? And my standard answer these weeks has been this. I have no idea. And I don't. But I promise you this. He does. And I will endeavor to hear his voice every moment I can. Every day that I can, I will humble myself and stay in a place where I do not leave his feet in rest so I can hear his voice. So that we can walk this out well together. So Terry and I commit to you that to the best of our ability, we will hear and obey the voice of God. And when we leave a place of rest and his voice becomes distant, I commit to you that we will repent faster than anybody can to get back to a place where we're lowly and humble and completely submitted. Terry and I commit to you that we will endeavor to stay so close to Jesus in rest that when he whispers, we hear the whisper. Terry and I commit to you that we will endeavor to know and live the whole word, the whole counsel of God. We will not be a people that will read this word for sermon prep only. We will be a people that devour daily bread because you need us to and we need us to. We commit to you that we will know and learn to walk in this word, we want to be people that always love the word. And so that is our daily prayer, that we would be hungry for more of his word. Terry and I commit to you that we will endeavor to preach and teach the whole council as the Lord has given us grace to know it. We will teach it and preach it, the whole bit of it, all of it. All that the Lord has called us to declare, his will, his counsel, his purpose, we endeavor to do that. Terry and I commit to you that we will walk out together with you, the whole council. What am I saying? I'm saying we're going to live it. We're going to live it and live it for ourselves because it's wrong for me to declare something that isn't manifest and lived in my life. We will live it. We will teach it and preach it, and then we're going to walk it out together with you. I once read a statistic Brett and Terry and I were in a discipleship class years ago. And this statistic, when we read it, wrecked me. And I want you to hear it today. It may not be as accurate, so I've tweaked it a little bit to say this. And this is accurate. 90% of Christians have never led someone to accept Jesus. Yet we're all called to share the testimony that God has given us. When I heard that statistic years ago, I was so wrecked. You can ask the guys. I interrupted our discipleship class and made us go to prayer. Because I was so burdened that we all know the answer to every life's problem and his name is Jesus and we're so unwilling to share it with a lost and dying world that desperately needs to know him and i was so convicted I have asked myself in years past, I remember the first person that ever asked me to help them receive Christ. I was bumbling and fumbling. I knew not what I was doing. And I said, Lord, there is nobody else here to help me pray with this woman. I don't even know what to say. And do you know the Lord helped me? It's it's about sharing the fact that God has a son and his name is Jesus and he's the only way, he's the only gate, he's the only answer that's genuine and authentic. And I want us to be a people that break that number, I want us to be a people that We may do it with fear and trembling, but we will not be afraid to help somebody receive Christ as their Savior. I want all of us to be those kind of people. I don't want 90% or more to be the the number for this church. Yesterday, Terry and I and, and Brett and Taylor Beth had the opportunity to go to Georgetown Church of the Nazarene and go to a district midwinter retreat. And we heard an incredible speaker by the name of Reverend Wendell Brown. He told us stories, we could have listened to him all day. He's a wonderful, wonderful preacher. And he shared this story. And if you will allow me to share his story, I want to share this with you. Through the years, he had a woman at his church who was a devout woman of God. She loved the Lord, and she'd been serving the Lord her whole life. And he call, she called Pastor Brown, and she said, I need you. My son has received a diagnosis of death. He will, he will not live through the next year. He does not know Jesus. He's soft to receive Jesus would you call and Dr. Brown realized that this was a divine appointment he said and he said I'll never shrink back from an open opportunity to share the gospel especially when someone's days have been numbered and I want to make that commitment to you as a sidebar, I will never shrink back from a divine appointment I'll never shrink back from an appointment to share Jesus anywhere anytime and so like a good pastor he called this young man and he began to pray and the young man was soft and received Jesus as his savior. Hallelujah. And he said, pastor, you have saved my life. And he said, no, I have not. I have not. And I want us to know that when we have the opportunity to share Jesus, it's not us that does the saving. We don't have to fix anybody. Although some of us are fixers and we try to, it isn't our job. We're introducing them to the one who can save them, to the one who can fix them, to the one who can set them free. Hallelujah. Dr. Brown finished his, excuse me, Pastor Brown finished his story by saying this. I'm glad that that young man received Jesus, but you know I never even had to be involved in that situation because his mother could have led him just fine. You can call us in the middle of the night. But do you know when you receive a call for prayer that you can often do the same thing that we can do? And I want you to be of people that's so confident and so secure in who you are with Jesus that you don't just think you might make it to heaven but you know you're in right relationship with him that when someone asks you for the reason for your joy the reason for your contentment the reason for the change and the transformation in your life that you don't call me that you don't call Terry but you say let me tell you about my Jesus and you do the work of one who prays and intercedes, of an evangelist who gives outreach, who disciples, who supernaturally walks in the works of God, who provides deliverance and healing with kingdom prophecy because you have a burden for the lost. I want you to be those people. I want all of us to be those people together because we're called to the whole will, purpose, and counsel of the living word. Amen? We should be disturbed that so few people who serve the living God don't share him well. Does it bother you? It really bothers me. And I'm not bothered because you guys need criticized. I'm bothered because I miss opportunities. And I don't want to miss any more. And so I want us to know in these days, we ought to have an urgency in our spirit that time is short. None of us know the Lord's return, but we can be assured that he will return. And if we think that we have years and years, we may be setting ourselves up for failure. And so I want us to be a church that lives with an urgency within us that today is the day of salvation because his word says so. I want us to be a people that are so burdened and so broken for the lost world around us that we begin to see everyone the way Jesus sees them. That we're not irritated by the guy that cuts us off in traffic, but we're burdened that he may not know the Lord. So we keep our fingers on the steering wheel. I want us to be a people that are so burdened for the lost around us when the lady cuts in the self-service line that's far too long at Walmart that we don't say, hey, that was my spot, but we let her go on and have it and we bless her too. I want us to be so burdened for the people down at the bank that when they give us the wrong change back, that we're blessing them and asking them how we can pray for their day because we realize Jesus loves them and he or she may not know him. We need to carry a burden in this church for the lost and the broken because we have the answer and they need it. And I want us to carry the burden for the lost and the broken to everywhere. Not just our community, but especially our community. Not just our city, but especially our city. But we can't skip the ministry of our homes and family. I want us to carry a burden for our loved ones that aren't serving him and in right relationship with him. And I want us to carry each other's burdens. I want us to never be satisfied with the number of people that are in this room, not because we want more, not because we want more money, but because we know there are people that are lost outside that need to come in and hear him, to know him, to hear his word and receive it. Amen? I will tell you what I've told my kids the long time we've served the Lord, that if our entire life is given to the Lord, and one person comes to know him in right relationship and is snatched from the pit of hell, our whole lives have been worth it for one person. I'm telling you the same thing, River City Hope. If your life is given to the Lord in such a way that one person comes to know him in right relationship and snatched from the pit of hell, your whole life is worth it. Worth it for one. Because Jesus would have done it for one. He left the ninety and nine for the one. But I hope you're never satisfied with one. I'm not. I want them all. I want them all. I don't want to lose one. I don't want one sheep stuck in the brambles. I don't want one sheep coming and tasting of how good God is and walking away in prodigalism. I don't want to lose one child, one teenager, one adult. There's no one that I want to lose. I want them all, and I want you to want them with that kind of passion too, that we're willing to corporately lay down our lives for the one. Will you stand with me? Can we pray together that the Lord would increase our urgency in our spirit for the broken and the lost around us? Can we pray together that the people would allow us to be that which declares and lives the whole purpose, the whole will, the whole counsel of God? Can we pray this together? And if you just feel like, Man, I might need to repent. I have, I have been afraid to walk out something. I've been afraid to say yes to something. There's parts of this I don't like or I'm uncomfortable with, and you just feel like the Lord is convicting, Brett. Would you play pads? Thank you. Um, if you feel like the Lord is just calling you to just perhaps repent for something, I want you to just do that. If you need to step out and come up and do that, that's awesome. If you need to stay in your seat, that's okay too. I just want us to be super sensitive and obedient right now to the Holy Spirit's leading as we pray. And if we need to reach out to someone else and just say, Hey, I, I don't want to walk this out alone. I need you. I want you to just do that just grab somebody's hand and say that I don't want to do this alone I need you and you know if you're in this room today and you're not sure that you can share your testimony because you're not even sure that you're secure in your relationship with Jesus let's nail that down today let's go ahead and just make sure that our choice is Christ because his choice is always you So I'm saying if you just need to recommit your life to the Lord this morning, if you just need to lay down and crucify your life this morning fresh and new for him, I want us to take this opportunity to not miss the chance to know that we know that we know. Not because we want fire insurance, not because we just want to make sure we make it to heaven, but because we want to share the burden for the lost And we can't share with them what we don't have ourselves. And so let's pray. God. I repent for moments when your word has been uncomfortable and so I've skimmed over it. I repent for moments when you wanted to do a deeper work in me and I wasn't willing I repent for moments for not caring about people I didn't know because I didn't look at them the way you see them I repent for moments when I had an opportunity to share the answer to all of their problems and I didn't Take it and God by your help I don't want to just repent in word only by confession but I want to turn my thinking around and I want to say God if you'll give me another opportunity today I will be obnoxious for your gospel I will burn so hot and bright God that people will wish will wish I just hush because you have transformed me from something very unlovely into something usable for your kingdom. And so today, God, I want this to be our prayer for all of us that, Lord, if we've missed an opportunity, you would give us another chance that we would not miss it again. It's not okay that 90% of your bride, of your church, doesn't share how to find you. We don't want to be part of that statistic. And so God, make us a people so broken for the lost around us. Give us such a a word from your spirit about how to share salvation. Give us such a word about the reason for our joy. Help us to not shrink back from the whole word, the whole counsel. God, I just took a preaching class. And Lord, I wanted to preach a really sweet little message packed up in a bow. It sounded real good. But you said, listen, River City Hope, I have a dream for you. And in order to walk it out, you're going to have to be okay with all of my word. And God, we declare in this hour, as Terry and I have committed to these people, that we commit to you as a people that we will not shrink back. We will not be those that taste And know that you are good and walk away. But we will be those that press in and press on together. And Lord, I declare to you that if one of us starts to work toward the edge and not the center, we're all going to go around them and come and bring them back to the middle. Lord, if I declare to you today that if one of these sheep gets stuck in the bushes, I will run, run to the bush and shake them loose with everything I can. God, I declare to you today that we will be a people that seek after your presence every moment, not just on Sunday mornings, but every time we gather. And that we will leave space for you to move. We will leave space for you to change and work however you want to. Lord, we love you today. Would you just make certain by your spirit to search us just now that if there's any unfinished business that we have with you lord we settle the matter today none of us are promised tomorrow and so lord we just want to make sure that we leave knowing that you are our god and we are your people and jesus we're not in some corporate relationship with you but we've answered that personal intimate call to personal relationship. Oh, Lord, we love you today. Father, I bless the people in this room. And Father, I impart a hunger for your word like never before. God, I want to pray for our friends on the live stream right now because they matter so much to us. They may never step foot in this town. They may never step foot in this church. But Lord, you love them so much. And so I just want to pray from them where they're home or in their car, whether they're at work, that right now, God, you would go to them by your spirit and you would begin to search them and draw them and woo them to closer intimacy with you. Father, I pray if they have a need that you meet the need, supernaturally, God. I pray today if they desire discipleship and accountability, that they reach out to someone here that we can cross the miles with technology and provide discipleship and love and fellowship. Father, we love our digital family the way we love one another in this room. And that's because you first loved us. So we know how to agape with others because you've done it so beautifully to us. So Jesus, today, mm. today, I ask you before we leave this place, would you pop up an opportunity in front of us to share your love with someone today? very intentionally and then God I pray for the boldness and the courage in each one of us to take the opportunity we love you today God we bless you and we pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus Amen Thank you for listening to the River City Hope Church podcast to stay up to date follow us on social media for ways to give and more information go to hope the number four rivercity.com hopeforrivercity.com